Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Wild Bunch. Hey, we're your hosts, Joe Hernandez and Gregory Valdez. Greg, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. There's been a lot going on in life. That's good. The universe has been bouncing some shit off me like crazy this week. Uh huh. And I'm fired up. You're fired up. I'm literally. Excellent, because today's topic is complacency, and you describing yourself as fired up is probably the exact opposite of what complacency is. So if you wouldn't mind, what is complacency to you, Greg? So, well, because we talked about it earlier today and wanting to define it, I'm going to go ahead and just rip that off. (laughs) Because I, I realized that when we read the definition of complacency earlier that I didn't quite have the exact definition down in my head. Right, me neither. So I thought complacency is the stagnation yes. of what you're doing, how you're feeling, right? And, and, and being um, stuck somewhere. But it's Like not, you just don't feel right, right? That's how I always thought of it. Emphasis on being stuck. Right. But it's not that. Uh-huh. Complacency is the... Like non-critical satisfaction of where you are in life, what you're doing, and what your status is. So it's basically like describing that you're okay with your situation, whether that situation is good, bad, positive, or negative, successful, or unsuccessful. The idea is you're just fine with the way things are. Right. Right. And so... This episode is not about complacency. It's about the battle against complacency. I agree. I think that it's something that we should always be battling. I don't think that complacency is a very good thing. If we if we were not warriors against complacency, we'd be going against everything we've talked about on this show. I agree. So it's about evolution, about building yourself as a person, growing in character and in personality and in mindfulness. These are all things we've talked about since episode one. Complacency would be being satisfied with doing none of that. Pretty much, yeah. You're just satisfied with what you're doing. You don't need to change anything. You don't want to change anything. And you don't want anything to change. And I understand that, you know, change is scary sometimes, but I think that we can't get caught in the trap of being the same all the time. No. So I think that a couple of things that we can feel complacent in, careers, where we live, and relationships, whether it be a friendly relationship or a romantic one. I think that it goes on to all ends of the spectrum. And that being said, someone who's going to help us talk about complacency is a dear friend of mine, a former roommate, met in college, we're roommates since freshman year. Uh, He met Greg through me a few years later after that. His name is Brian Magluyuan. (laughs) Magluyuan. So Brian, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first off, guys, thank you so much for letting me be a part of this podcast. I know how, how hard you guys have worked. And I'm real excited to be a part of this episode and talking about complacency. Uh, A little bit about myself. Um, As you mentioned last week, Joe couldn't record this podcast because I was actually in the middle of a move from San Antonio to Denton, Texas. I'm in the middle of uh, two jobs. I'm actually going to start my job a day after the recording of this podcast um, as a assistant athletics director at Texas Women's University really excited about the opportunity and it's funny that you mentioned you know complacency because being complacent as you mentioned in your intro it's one of those things where it could really hinder your ability to grow as a person and for a while there personally I felt like I was reaching that level of complacency and it was in a way if you allow it to take over it kind of puts you in a situation where you almost start questioning okay what can i do to get out of it because it's one of those things where once you're in there it might be even more difficult to get out is instead of actually being proactive and continuing to move forward in whichever area of your life so from from what you're saying there it sounds like the prob one of the problems of complacency 
and being in a state of complacency is that you're happy, you're satisfied, you're happy, you're satisfied, and then you've been in the state of complacency so long that you don't realize when the flip happens and then you are dissatisfied. You're in a rut. And it's funny you mentioned that it just kind of comes out of nowhere. Uh, I actually, in preparing for this podcast, I actually looked up the definition of complacency. And the definition, according to Merriam-Webster, is self-satisfaction, especially when accompanied by unawareness of actual dangers and deficiencies. So Ooh, you get that's to good. a state I like of, that definition a little bit better than the one that we had saw that yeah. Google had given yeah. us. Fuck you, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, is that it, it kind of comes at you unexpectedly, like you mentioned, Greg, and you become so comfortable in your situation that... By the time you realize you're not progressing, it almost feels as if it's too late and a lot of time has passed by to where other opportunities may have passed passed you by. Yes, it sneaks up on you. I love that uh -huh. visualization where it's somebody hiding, ready to ambush you, and then it's too late. So let's get some more uh, specific perspective in this. I, I like that it, all three of us are here to talk about this because I feel like we have very, very different uh, own personal experiences with complacency. Brian over here, the previous job uh, that he had, how, how long were you there, Brian? Uh, three years as a full-time employee that followed two years as an intern. Okay, so about five years, five years you would say. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Greg, what, what's the longest job that you've held on to? Ooh, I'd say about three years. And Brian, where did you come from? Yeah, St. Mary's University, uh, that's where all three of us essentially met. Went to school there, as Joe talked about. We became roommates since freshman year. And I ended up interning at the athletics department for the final two years of my undergraduate. And must have done something right to where they offered me a full-time position. And that's where I was for the past three years leading up to uh, my current position here at Texas Women's. So that's a relationship with this place that's almost eight years long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a relationship that has been very fruitful and I'm very grateful for the opportunity that I got, not just as a student, but also as an employee because it helped me grow as not just a person, but also professionally and in multiple facets in my life to where it was so beneficial for me to to learn these lessons and I felt like this was the ideal place for me to, to learn these lessons. So I, I think that's great. I think that you offer a very good perspective because I, I mean, well, you said longest job around three years for you, Greg. Right. And I've had a, I've had a lot of different jobs. Uh, and me, myself, I, I can't say that I've had uh, a specific job. I mean, I'm in school. I've had a lot of different internships in a lot of different places, but nothing that has broken the six month mark. I've been hopping around from place to place. So you offer uh, that longevity, that endurance in a specific place. What were some of the, you mentioned a lot of the positive, what were some of the, the hard things or the difficult situations in being somewhere so long that you came across? Well, as always, when you start off somewhere new, there's obviously gonna be some difficulties and uh, challenges in getting acquainted and trying to reach a certain comfort level it's kind of funny because when you go into a new situation you seek that comfort of getting into a rhythm so that you're most productive and effective when it comes to your work and what you produce what were some of the specific pitfalls that you encountered not not theoretically like what specifically became those sharp points oh as far as challenges well, for starters, specifically, I felt that I had to prove to everybody that I wasn't just an intern anymore. That was one of those things that coming into the job, it was almost as if people were trying to test me, trying to see, okay, is this kid actually cut out for this position? And who knows, maybe they didn't view it that way, but that's how I viewed it when I walked in there. Because yeah. being a kid fresh out of college, 21 years old, coming into his first professional job, this wasn't an internship anymore. This stuff was, okay, it was on me now. And so that early on, those were some of the challenges. 
And of course, as a young professional, for me, some of the challenges were, okay, trying to differentiate myself from a student intern to now transitioning as a professional because doing that transition as quickly as I did, less than a year after graduating, I still had friends that were still in school, but then being able to, okay, draw the line, hey, listen, that's not me now. I'm here in a working capacity. And so those were some of the specific challenges I had. And as time grew on, those things became a lot easier and people started to rely on me a lot more. And uh. tying into, I guess, the whole overall subject of this uh, this episode, complacency started to creep in in the sense that there were certain things, for example, we would have... Uh, we would have games that we would have to uh, to work. So in college athletics, obviously sporting events, and we would face certain difficulties. But it seemed as time went on, no matter who the people were around me, the people that had been there before, we knew, okay, we would still be able to pull it off. As bleak as it would look, you know, whether or not something was in jeopardy of actually happening, we knew it would it would somehow work itself out because we had been there for so long. I want to interrupt you for a second. Yeah. It sounds like you're saying you became the man. Now, I mean that in the (laughs) best way possible. Okay, you became the man. And in becoming the man, you were relied on. And being relied on, you felt this, I don't know, um, commitment, this, this, this understanding that they can't do it without me. And I feel like that's one of those windows for complacency to creep in because how can you not be comfortable being the man? And not only that, kind of something you were saying towards the end there, Brian, about uh, you'd have those things where you'd feel it'd be challenging, where maybe a few years back it would be fearful. Well, instead of it being fearful, it was just like, oh, well, we got this. No big deal. Yeah, and it was it eventually turned into a situation where the things, as you mentioned, Joe, the things that scared me, I actually thrived on that by yeah. the time I was done at St. Mary's. I actually thrived on those <laughs> situations. And uh, it just ties in with getting comfortable in your situation. And the thing I was striving for early on, I ended up getting, and I started getting a little too much of it, if there's such a thing, because then you're looking for other challenges and looking for other things to help you grow. And I'm not saying that those opportunities weren't there, but it becomes harder and harder to, to look for those opportunities, especially when you've accomplished as much as you've set yourself out to. You know, I think, you know, tying back our listeners out there, you're making a good point about challenges and fears. I think one of the biggest things that makes us complacent is a lack of fear, but it's funny because most of the times us humans, we're trying to not be afraid, or if we are afraid, we're either going to avoid the thing or try and do something that doesn't help us deal with the thing. Yes, and we say funny a lot. (laughs) Pokemon, you can't master the, um, what's like the league at the end of the game? Oh, not what the was Justice it? League, oh, but is it the Master League? <laughs> the Indigo League, or something. oh, it's yeah, something like that. Yeah, but you can't beat them unless you keep grinding, right? And you go through a bunch of like lost rounds and battles. I think they even tell you like when you try and go into that building, like you can't get in here, kid. You're, yeah. you're not ready for this. <laughs> Complacency would be as if you just played Pokemon and never leveled up, never right. gained XP. Like, it's just, I'm going to keep killing Ratatatas all day. <laughs> Ratatatas. Ratatatas. Okay, <laughs> But the thing is, you always had to go into that dark, creepy cave where you couldn't see literally anything at all except the little guy walking around the screen in order to level up. Unless you had Flash. Unless you had Flash, but you don't get that until you get to the end of the cave. Exactly. So you need to go through these fearful things, these fearful moments in order to not be complacent, in order to build. But as you were saying, Brian, sometimes when you're in the same area, situation, career, what have you, 
you stop being afraid of everything because you've pretty much dealt with everything that there was to be afraid of. Absolutely. And the one thing that I try to tell myself every, every day is if something isn't difficult, is it really worth fighting for? Is it right. really something that you should go after? And after a while, when things stop getting difficult, either you've reached the peak or you're not doing your job right. It's either one or right. the other. Ooh, I like that. Uh, one I read during this past week, actually, because the week before last, I was feeling a certain uh, funk, if you will. I think I was, I was just, I was momentarily complete. It's hard to say I was complacent because I felt a dissatisfaction, but it was this, I don't know. What got me out of it and what drove me past the moment was Steve Jobs in a commencement speak once said, I wake up every morning, I look myself in the mirror and I ask, whatever I do today, if I die tomorrow, will it be worth it? And if I answer no too many days in a row, something has to change. I like that. Oh yeah, real powerful stuff indeed. Uh, again, trying to make that impact, a lasting impact on you know, whether or not it be your own life or on the lives of others, trying to leave that impact. I really like that, that quote that um, you referred to, uh, Greg. Thank you. You know, well, but it's funny because how, I mean, I love the quote, you know, if there's too many days in a row, but the, the thing is, how do we keep it from letting there build up too many days in a row? Well, I'll jump in here because we're still talking about specifically it sounds like we were still talking about like work career right so uh we touched on this before but for those who don't know i guess among us three we all know each other's story so i as soon as i graduated college at 21 i took two weeks off and i started an internship that led to a full-fledged position it was at an ad agency in houston and I was, I was on top of the world at that time with how it was really coming together. I stayed there for about two and a half years and in ad agencies, one of the sayings is you need to go ahead and jump every two years because if you just stay in one position in one agency, you slowly get promoted within. If you go to another agency after two years, you jump up into a new promotion and you keep doing that. So. Um, that wasn't at the time what drove my battle against complacency. It was just something I had heard about and sort of enjoyed the thought of. I did that until I got into a position here in San Antonio. And then again, after about two years, I felt a creep in where it became mundane. It became rote. There were things that just weren't making it worth waking up in the morning for. Uh, until eventually I got tired of that and I tried another corporate gig. This isn't necessarily about me getting away from corporate like I have today and to this day. It's more about this pattern of feeling that creep come in and knowing there was something I had to do about it because if I didn't do anything about it, I was going to burst and it would get me fired anyways. <laughs> <laughs> And I did that for, I'm 27, I did that for six years to, to 2018. And um, I broke the cycle, but I've got to battle complacency every day now to stay independent. So uh, it, it almost sounds like the, those positions that you left, Greg, um, so you're saying you kind of jumped from them. What would you say was the specific reason for that jump in those situations, at least the most recent one? Okay, when I was at um, this, I left an ad agency and went to a staffing agency. The idea was that I was going to start recruiting for advertising, creative, and other professionals related to advertising and web development in San Antonio. Um, my reason for finally quitting that job was more related to all the turmoil I was going through at the time. Um, not necessarily the stagnation of that career and that particular position, but rather the 
this is where complacency is not complacency as much anymore, but turns into just straight up dissatisfaction. And I can't do this because I'm not happy and I know it. So it's, it's slightly different. It's right. It's on the, it's when complacency goes so far that you are backed into a corner and there's just one day you realize you don't know where it happened, but I'm extremely unhappy and everyone can feel it and everyone knows it and it's starting to ruin my life in different ways. That's that's great and thank you for sharing that, Greg, because I think uh, with, with you, Brian, it's it, almost the opposite situation. I mean, knowing you personally, you loved that job at St. Mary's. You loved the people there. You loved being there. They treated you well. You treated them well. So what was the shift for you then, as opposed to Greg's shift? The shift for me, after a while, you, you start getting curious. And in my case, I started getting curious. I had been at St. Mary's for quite some time. And I realized, you know what? Let me see what's out there. And after a while, it kind of almost fell on my lap, uh, this opportunity here at Texas Women's. And after looking at the opportunity and doing my research and my due diligence, I realized, okay, I'd be remiss if I didn't take a look at this and actually see what else is out there. And I thank Texas Women's for giving me this great opportunity as well, because in a way it, it kind of validated all the work that I was able to do at St. Mary's. It was it was in a way a validation, yeah. And part of that complacency, you start reaching a point to where it it's almost as if you're starting to question whether or not you're actually doing your job right because the the things that you you started doing become expected and once they start becoming expected, they become routine. And you stop hearing from everybody else whether or not if it's a good job, a bad job. And I'm not trying to seek any type of, uh, you know, pat on the back. But personally, for me, I started questioning whether or not I was actually doing well because that sense of being stagnant in my life Mm. and that's when that shift started to happen and then i was fortunate enough to come across this opportunity at texas women's and that shift got pushed even further uh and it really opened the door for this wonderful opportunity that i have now hey i like that i like that it's about really really realizing the comfort is just not doing you any better. Um, Joe, you don't, you're not going to get away from not talking about a personal experience here. But I know Joe is more of a um, location complacency guy. Uh, well, honestly, it's been really hard for me to feel complacent these past couple of years. Uh, simply because right now, being in school, PT school, I'm... I'm moving a lot honestly I'm having different clinical rotations different types of experiences so in the past year I've lived in El Paso San Antonio and Colorado and next year starting in January I will be living in Houston experiencing different clinics different hospitals different people different co-workers different patients so it's it's kind of hard to be complacent in the position I'm in, honestly, which is which is nice. I'm thankful for it because I'm, you know, constantly feeling those challenges, those fears, and I always feel that I'm growing as a person. But I think the the opposite effect can happen where there's times where I just feel burnt out and just want, you know, to relax in some comfort, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't, um, you know, I've never thought of complacency in my, like, my location, okay? If I'm in Houston, if I'm in San Antonio... I've always thought of it as more immediate in which, okay, where am I satisfied at day to day? And I don't necessarily think of the city Uh as this setting for complacency to creep in, but for you, and Uh I, 
have, you know, a whole, your ability to keep going and battling complacency in this regard is that you're always looking to the next place. Absolutely. And so you're, you're vocationally happy and able to battle complacency daily in a vocational sense. Right. Your career is your career. It's your life. Complacency can creep in, but it's not so much about the career Uh as much as it is about where it can be and who you're interacting with. I know you're good at dealing Uh with that. Brian, you're you're moving to a new place. He's moved to a new place. He's he's live from Denton, Texas, everybody. (laughs) So... What were your what were your fears leading up to this move? Uh, some of the fears that I had, well, the biggest one, to be honest, is the fear of the unknown. I'm moving into a town that I've only been to once before, probably driven by twice in my life, and never really gotten a sense of what it's like to live here. Because when moving to college at St. Mary's in San Antonio, I had visited the city on numerous occasions. I had that that sense of comfort knowing mm. what I was getting myself into. Uh. And early on, that comfort was compounded with a sense of new adventure. Now, in my current situation, the, the sense of adventure is full full blast because I truly don't know what I'm getting myself into as far as living situation here. Right. And Okay, so what are the things you don't know about Denton? What are you going to miss? What made San Antonio so comfortable that you are feeling uncomfortable moving to a new place? Oh, just knowing where I'm going to go get my dinner at this time, knowing where I could go grocery shopping, knowing exactly where I could you know, drive to, to catch a movie, all the little things that after a while you start taking for granted, you realize, oh wait, now I'm in a totally different situation. I'm either going to have to find these things or I'm going to have to get used to not having it so readily available to me. I, I, I think it's great that you said that, Brian, because we are such creatures of habit that it usually is those tiny tiny little things that we grow so comfortable in that we don't realize that it is almost part of that complacency that we can sometimes feel oh um it's like it's like using it it's like using the same porn to get off over and over and over and over (laughs) and over over again (laughs) you know but it's odd though because i mean maybe it's just because i have had to move around so much but I really enjoy breaking up the monotony of things. I've really enjoyed, uh, I mean, there's always fear. Don't get me wrong. When I went to Colorado, of course I was afraid, but it was also this thing of like, I'm excited. I'm excited to figure out what's gonna be my regular coffee shop, my regular grocery store, my regular dining experiences. It was fun and invigorating for me, but it it is a lot of work and does take a lot of effort at times because you really got to put yourself out there and set the fear aside or at least look it straight in the face and just go for it. And that's what makes you a warrior against complacency. I will do anything and everything to not feel complacent. Sometimes I worry that I almost try too hard to get away from complacency. Mm. And Joe, to touch on that, where you're saying that you you sometimes worry that you're working too hard to fight complacency. Uh, I know I'm the guest, but I'm, I'm gonna throw this question out there. Okay. Self-satisfaction, it ties into complacency, but yet it doesn't necessarily mean you are complacent because at the end of the day, you gotta satisfy yourself as a person. You gotta satisfy certain needs as- Oh, absolutely. So at what point do you realize you're too satisfied with your situation or too comfortable Mm. versus, okay, I need to take a break from getting to, uh, you know, getting into situations that are trying to help me grow. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'm making 
No, no, that I yeah, and, and I love that question. And to be honest, Brian, I I don't think I can give you an answer just yet, because at least for me personally, I I can safely say and comfortably say, thank goodness that I I am satisfied with who I am as a person. I I do love myself, and I'm not saying that in an arrogant or conceited form of way. I say it. I, I feel like I have a good grasp of who I am, and I'm comfortable with who I am, including the imperfections that come with it. Now that being said, those imperfections, I'm aware that they're there, and because of that, well, I'm kind of never satisfied. Because the thing is, if you see those things that you can correct or at least try and make it better, then why not do some things that can push you in that direction? Even though we're never ever gonna be perfect, it just does not happen. That's something that we need to accept early on. I'll give a, a shorter answer, and then we'll go ahead and take a break to, um, well, we'll get there in a second. I I know I, I have come a long way in realizing that I did not know how to know that feeling or realize it or spot it out. Like, I just did a terrible job, and I was really good about... This is comfy and I like it. I'm going to go ahead and stick around. So <laughs> what I can say now is that I know that I am pushing against that threshold of complacency when that fear creeps in. Because there's very little I fear nowadays because of the shit that the universe put me through. I know when I am pushing those boundaries, when I have a fear creep in and it's usually related to this is something that makes me happy, but it's new and different. And even though I am happy as is, it could make me happier. That change scares me. And that's when I know I need to keep pushing. I need to keep going. I need to see where that road leads. And that is how I break through complacency. Okay. With that said, I'm going to go ahead and let Joe introduce this, um, we don't we don't have a sponsor this episode so joe went ahead and um wanted to go ahead and do something special and he asked me to go ahead and find somebody that could really be insightful into this matter i'm gonna go ahead and let joe introduce this cause that means so much to him and it doesn't mean that much to me <laughs> so what, what greg's getting at uh, I, like i said i'm a i'm a warrior against complacency right so i'm always trying to find those things that are going to push me to my limit push me to my uncomfort discomfort zones try and better myself as a human being some of the things that i've tried recently fasting if any of you have ever done fasting whether it be intermittent fasting on a day-to-day basis or just going a full 24 hours not eating food. I'll try that every now and again. It's actually really good positive health benefits. Another thing that I've tried just to challenge myself, I haven't eaten meat in 49 days. Tomorrow will be day 50. And it's you know for health purposes, but also to simply see if I can, just to break through the monotony and complacency that is life. Another thing that we uh, have been seeing on the internet is this No Nut November challenge. And I've been seeing a lot of memes, a lot of videos about these guys that are partaking in No Nut November. So with some interest and against this battle of complacency, I decided to try it myself. And Greg so kindly found an expert on the subject and you will hear a little interview that I had with him a few days ago. Enjoy. Dr. Ed Schwein, first and foremost, sir, on behalf of all of us at the Wild Bunch, me and Greg, I really want to thank you for agreeing to do this interview with us. That being said, uh, if you wouldn't mind to get us started, just introducing yourself and telling our listeners a little bit about what you do. Uh, well, thank you, Joseph. It's uh, a pleasure to have Air Gregory reach out to me, and my research is quite profound here in Eastern Europe. See, I am the foremost leading expert on the male sexual psychology. Awesome. Perfect. So this is definitely a great thing. I have made many bounds in my research. Okay. Well, what kind of things have you uh, researched? I mean, there's research and then there is research, like my research. So what is one of the things that you've been recently working on? Well, 
there are profound benefits to uh, abstaining from the ejaculation. That's great that you bring that up. So something going on uh, over in the United States, I don't know if you've heard, uh, No Nut November. Excuse me? Yeah, so No Nut November is this movement that's really gotten a lot of following and popularity over the internet. And the idea is that for the whole month of November, uh, males agree to abstain from forms of ejaculation, whether it be masturbating or going full on of abstaining from ah, sex and total. I see, there's no nuts. So. Exactly, yeah, there you go, exactly. Oh, well, this is a profound movement. I, I find that I'm, I'm happy to hear that Americans are doing this because the benefits from such a practice are, are boundless. Uh, there can be great strength and focus and clarity obtained from abstaining from the ejaculation. Really? For long periods of time, you can only grow more powerful. That's, that's great that you say that. I'm, I'm actually, uh, you know, taking part of the challenge myself, so it's day 11 for me. What kind of benefits could I or some of my listeners expect on this journey? At the day 11, you can at least lift a, a Cooper Mini. A Cooper Mini. Uh, you know, I... I haven't tried. I'm not have, sure that I could. Have you noticed that your strength is growing? I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be uh, honest with you, Dr. Ishwan. I, I feel pretty much the same. Oh, no, no, no. My boy, you have to test out your abilities now that you are so far into the process. I mean, at 90 days, you can lift at least a minivan, uh, like the American mother whose uh, baby is in distress underneath the car and she grows in strength because of the adrenaline. It's, I, don't, I don't quite understand this American metaphor, but, uh -huh. and why the baby is underneath. The I never minivan. got that too, actually. But you can do so much. Well, wow, okay. And you can have the sight of an eagle. Of an eagle. Yes, a falcon. A fa okay, so you're saying that by uh, abstaining You will from be able to smell long distance. You could smell a, a chicken roasting on a fire from over 700 yards at 800 days of no ejaculation. So is this uh, uh, abstinence from ejaculation something that you practice yourself? I am on day... 7,006. I have not ejaculated since 1997. 1997. That's a very long time. Uh, uh, yes. So and, I, and it is 2018. So I guess one thing that... Today is in this year we are 2018. Right, right. So uh, I guess something a lot of our listeners would want to ask is, well, how do you fight that temptation? Ah, well, my boy, I feel my time with importance, uh -huh. with, uh, you know... A gardening and looking at other ways of, uh, you know, uh, um, well, mostly I try to just distract myself from the sexual thoughts that are always okay. creeping into my right. mind. And uh -huh. oh, I could be even in church, and oh, I have the thoughts. In church. Huh? In, in, you said in church. No, I mean, it just, you know, when, wherever you have oh, okay. the thoughts. Okay, okay, all right. Okay, well, uh, uh, the, that being said, that's, that's great, good, good advice. So uh, You can live up to 150, they say, if you can manage not to ejaculate for all those years. Oh. My research tells me. Okay. My research. You have someone that has lived up to 150 years from doing this? Well, honestly, there has been nobody who has gone that long without Yeah, ejaculating. I'm not sure that, that that's hard. But I am so glad to hear that there is such movement because the prowess that you can attain from such a practice is uh -huh. boundless. Okay, well, uh, you know, closing up on this interview, Dr. Urshwine, thank you again. If you could just give one last shout out to the people that are taking part of this No Nut November movement. Uh, yes, uh, Remember that the abilities you can attain from such a movement, like being able to, I mean, your hair would be lustrous, your skin glowing, and your, I mean, you can sleep uh, no more than seven hours a week and be able to do so much without it. And like other things. 
Well, you heard it here on the Wild Bunch, Doctor. I just want to thank you for the time uh, coming out to oh, me. And, and thank you for having us, sir. I really appreciate the interview. Well, you heard it here, Wild Bunch, Doctor. Ursh Swans, Ursh Swans. I just want to say that. No. I Welcome back to the Wild Bunch.、Uh, I have to say that was probably one of the more interesting interviews that I've ever had to do. Greg, where did you find that guy?、Oh, Craigslist. Oh, okay. Well, that says a lot. I mean, his post was pretty、uh, like convincing. It said the the headline was "Foremost Expert in Sexual Psychology." Yeah, yeah. I mean. He had a nice home. Yeah. Yeah. It was just weird. Okay.、Well, But、uh, still, thank you,、uh, Doctor Schwine, if you're listening, for the interview. Back to complacency. Yes, and I'm glad that we were able to go ahead and. Well, I'm still a little, a little shaken up about that. Brian, when was the last time you masturbated? <laughs> no comment on that. <laughs> Complacency is in many forms, and we've talked about career and location, and now we can talk more about relationships and complacency and the battle against complacency in our daily relationships. It's not just dating and girlfriend and boyfriends and who you're married to. Relationships are with every single person that you contact and speak with on a daily basis. Your friends, your family. It's not just this isolated.、Um, oh well, I'm complacent with my girlfriend right now or boyfriend.、Um, time to spice things up in the bedroom. Right. No, it's deeper than that. On that note, I think that、uh, I've noticed with me myself, my best of friends. Are the ones that I feel help me grow in some way, shape, or form. I mean, the, and it's usually not like they're pushing me or anything. It's more like when we're together, and you, Brian, you, Greg, are examples of that.、Uh, Juan and Ryan, my friends back in El Paso, perfect examples of that. Those are all my best friends in a nutshell.、Um, brothers, really.、Uh, we always grow with each other. We always expand each other's minds in some way, shape, or form, even if on accident. I think that. Like if there's a moment of too much comfort,、um, that's at least that's when I start asking the really fucked up questions. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, how do you feel about、uh, I guess friendships and complacency that you may or may not have felt in situations? Well, the friendships and the people that I've met, I've been fortunate enough to run into a lot of people that have. Help me grow and progress as a person, and have encouraged that growth.、Uh, I've seen other individuals, other friends of mine that haven't been so lucky, and they have friends that instead of pushing them and propelling them to doing better, instead they drag them down a level, and they drag them, and they don't really necessarily help them see their full potential. And that's one of the things that I found in certain relationships that I've had with all my friends, you guys, and. A lot of friends that I've met over the years, and even coworkers that I've had, they encourage me to strive to be better than I actually am. And at times, they even encourage me to do better than what goals I set myself for. They encourage me to go beyond what I even think I can do. And it's those type of people that actually help you avoid getting complacent in certain situations. That's really true. I think there are times where. Specifically among us three, we've all been there for each other to be like a sounding board in which, hey, that's really cool. That is a good position to be in. But have you thought of it this way? I know both of you specifically, Joe and Brian, have at times told me, hey, maybe you could do more. And for me, that's always driven so much of what I do and how I push myself. And there's hardly ever a comfortable moment, especially if 
Brian wants to get me to do a duet in karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, dude, not toxic. <laughs> I'm always a buffer of what song that they should do just to make sure both of them are happy with the choice. <laughs> great, great mediation on this part. <laughs> but, you know, uh, not to get confused with anything that Greg is saying, though, we do push each other and encourage each other, but... If you have a friend that is just, you know, biting you down every step of the way of everything you do and it's in a deceitful, negative manner, that's probably not a healthy relationship to have with someone. We, we all grew up with the idea of peer pressure and as cliches as it sounds, there is negative peer pressure and positive peer pressure. Oh, absolutely. Sometimes peer pressure isn't a bad thing. No, I think it, in, in our case here, it's the good example of peer pressure as a force for growth right yeah and peer pressure i don't necessarily view it as that because there's such a negative connotation with that phrase i more or less view it as me trying to carry my end of the of the the wagon if you will you greg you joe both of you are aspiring to do great things with your lives and I'm thinking to myself every day, hey, I need to keep up with those guys because we feed off of one another. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but for me, I feed off of all your successes. And you mentioned about certain relationships where people kind of get down on other people for their successes. That's the exact opposite whenever I see all of you guys succeed. And with my friends, whenever they succeed, I'm happy for them. I am genuinely happy because... For one, I see that my friend is successful. That means I could, and it's possible to be successful in whatever you put your mind into. And being able to visualize that is is pretty awesome. And nobody wants to be the black sheep of the friend group. <laughs> no, not at all. I feel like sometimes they will take turns. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> and then there, there, there. Not to discount it, we have talked about dating and sex in 2018. Right. We've been on that subject, but okay, we can't talk. We can't not talk about relationships in that way and not talk about complacency. It's very different from a friendship to a relationship. You know, I I like to think of it as the same concept. You know, the people that are close to me are the ones that I feel build me up. And not to say that these people better make me better or I'm not gonna hang around with them because that's not right. You know, that's and that's a lot of pressure to put on someone, but those are the people that I find myself attracted to. I, I, I love that because again, like you said, we've all t- taken turns being the black sheep of the friendship. Right. Then we all have to take turns in being that push in the friendship. Yes, absolutely. So I just love that you said huh. that, bringing that full circle. Uh, re- like a romantic relationship is the same way. Yes. If you're there for each other, like for somebody like that, then it's a push and pull. And what, what I find lately is that there's there's a way to be comfortable in a romantic relationship in which you you have this person in your life that brings you this comfort that makes you want to come home every day but if ever, anyone's been in a long-term relationship they know that there are times when you kind of don't want to come home to right. that relationship and it might be because all right that that push might have um, not disintegrated, but has lessened over time because you're two different people. Right. You're individuals. I think the hard part with long-term relationships, so for example, uh, about two years ago, I had ended my long-term relationship. This went on for about five, six years. And thinking back to everything, what was hard is when you're in a relationship like that, you're you're both growing, right? Regardless of anything, you're going to grow in some way, shape or form, especially in, you know, half a decade, of course, you're going to change, of course, you're going to become a different person, have different interests and so on. And the hardest part is growing alongside each other and not letting someone else's growth intimidate you or cause you to be fearful or cause you to be envious of that other person. That is, I mean, 
Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, I just when I when I talk about it I get goosebumps because I'm at the point in my life where I, I talk about it so much. Positivity reigns. And you have to say fuck toxicity on a daily basis. And so and finding that person that is uplifting and encourages you and even when you don't think that you are in the right place says keep going because you're getting to the right place keep going because your ideas are great keep going because you're almost there and no matter what they just keep pushing and pushing i just i don't know like i guess because i'm i feel like i'm possibly getting there that I want that more and it just fires me up and I feel happy inside. Like I'm happy on my own and feeling complete in myself more than ever. And then when you get to this point, that's part of how I, I mentioned earlier where you, you're afraid to feel happiness because you're already so complete in a way and it's taken such a long time to get here and then when something else comes along where it's like, oh my God, I could be happier. Yeah, but you don't want it to go south either. So yeah. then comes that fear of like, oh, I'm pretty good right now. I'm not sure I want to get that screwed up. And, you know, to reflect upon everything else we talked about, that's, again, battling complacency is taking a risk. Uh-huh. Like, if it's oh, you a have new, to. New job, new place to live, um, a new date. Asking that girl out just for the heck of it. Mm-hmm. And, and and something, Joe, that you uh, you mentioned to me years ago, and it has stuck with me all these years later. Um, when it comes to trying new things, because a lot of thing, a lot of people that I've seen and interacted with, the fear of not knowing, in addition to assuming that hey this is going to be the outcome if i try this the quote that um comes to mind what you told me light years ago was don't make an ass out of you and me by assuming things and if you start assuming things and you start thinking about the results before you even try attempting whatever that thing is whether it be asking that girl out whether it be applying for that dream job mm -hmm. that you have if you allow yourself to start assuming things out of fear then you're in a completely wrong state of mind when it comes to battling complacency. You're absolutely yeah. right, Brian. That complacency uh, becomes the crutch pretty in much. situation. Yes, I love exactly. It. Uh, one, I'm a big proponent of let go of the outcome. Um, if there's any advice I could give anyone out there, let go of the outcome with anything. Whether, like how Brian said, you're going to go ask that special someone out. Whether you're going to ask for a raise or you're going to go for apply for a job or, you know, anything. Let go of the outcome in your mind and the universe will take care of everything else. Uh, the Buddha said it's not about the destination. It's about whether or not they have hot Cheetos on the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think Brian, I'm going to I'm going to highlight you for a second because you are good at Okay, Brian is the master of the pickup line. He's gotten it down. They used to be really bad, but he's really gotten it down as of late. And it's not even about it, whether it was good or bad, but it's like, how many people would even try using a That's pickup true. line? <laughs> and Brian is no complacent person in this matter. But how long did, but how, it took a number of tries though, right, Brian? Uh, it's still taking a number of tries. As it does, my friend. <laughs> so, uh, I, I really appreciate the shout out. You guys are really selling me high on this one. Can you, can you just share one of your better pickup lines, please? Because there are times where I've been like, damn, that's actually really good. Honestly, I can't truly think of one. One that actually comes to mind and in a way i've used as a crutch is the traditional you go up ask how much a polar bear weighs enough to break the ice oh my god <laughs> you know, uh, i've heard you say that one before it still got it's me right still now funny. <laughs> what, what's the most recent opener that you've used 
Um, well, now you're outing me because I can't use it anymore. Um, She's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Uh, honestly, the last one I could recall using, um, and I feel really... I don't know what the exact word is, but I'm just going to say it because it's you guys and it's for you guys' podcast. Uh, I saw a group of girls and that is probably the most intimidating thing you could ever experience is seeing a bunch of girls that you want to talk to one of them in that group, but you know you have to acknowledge all of them. Mm -hmm. So I scurry on over. Of course, my group of friends that I was with didn't want to tag along, so I was going in solo. And... I noticed that all of them had different hair colors. So I walk in there and drop the line. Hey, is it true that blondes have all the fun or have the most fun? And sure enough, a discussion just started going about between all of them. They started arguing amongst one another. And I realized, you know what? I didn't mean to start that. Thank you. Have a good night. I'll see you guys later. Actually, that sounds kind of great. You should have stayed there. Oh, no, it actually got pretty personal between all of them <laughs> that's uh, kind of cool <laughs> he just incites <laughs> a riot <laughs> i didn't even want to get involved in that so <laughs> i stuck around long enough to see where it was going and uh, i quickly aborted the mission well regardless that is the perfect example of breaking through in one's own romantic complacency because i've never gone up to a group of girls like that that sounds that sounds intimidating i I do believe it's um commonly phrased as a gaggle it's a gaggle a gaggle of girls yeah Uh it used to be for geese that was a term it'd be a gaggle of geese uh but they changed it yeah because yeah i mean um I was gonna make. <laughs> I, for once, believe it or not, just, I just stopped myself from making a joke. <laughs> wow. Hey, gotta break through that complacency, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, in, in a, in a wrap up, maybe we can follow up with uh, Brian. What are some things that you find yourself doing to fight complacency? Just keeping myself aware of my situation understanding that there are opportunities that may come about that i'm not even aware of right now and not asking myself what if but instead attacking it and seeing what happens as a result of it obviously not going into a certain situation blind of course but really looking at all the opportunities that i that i feel like could benefit myself And one thing that has been told to me is sometimes it's good to be uncomfortable and putting yourself in a situation that you're not necessarily comfortable in can only get you better off uh, moving forward. I mean, iron sharpens iron, right? And so you just got to keep pushing yourself in a way, almost seek out those situations where You don't necessarily know what's going to happen. Seeking those opportunities out and kind of observing. And even if those situations aren't necessarily for yourself, seek those opportunities or seek those situations out. If you're with a group of friends, okay, you notice how your friend is handling this. Make mental observations, mental notes about other people's situations because you could apply those those lessons to your own personal life. And I'll, I'll just leave on this one quote. You both know I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan. <laughs> and he actually ended his Hall of Fame speech with this quote. And it's another thing that I keep in mind as well. And I feel like it's appropriate when we're talking about battling complacency. And the quote is, limits like fears are often just an illusion. So when you're thinking Ooh, can, about... Can you say that one more time? Limits like fears are often just an illusion. And so whenever you start feeling that sense of complacency, just remember all the limitations that you have and those fears that you have, it's often just an illusion. And you can accomplish those great things if you just overcome that and you put your mind to it. Dirty. (laughs) Brian, I I think that that was 
great and a great way to close off this episode. Brian, cannot thank you enough for being our very first guest on the Wild Bunch podcast. It was a pleasure having you speak for us and for our listeners. I'm sure they'll appreciate it. I I appreciate you guys for having me on here. Um, I love you guys. I mean it. Thank you so much. And um, I look forward to talking to you guys again for sure. Well, we have to. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, again, that was our first guest and proud to have him on. Um, I'm going to miss you too. I already am missing you. And I'm going to try not to think about it right now this second. So we can go ahead and do a little tease for what's to come. Um, We have a good, good, good uh, bracket of episodes coming for the rest of the year. Uh, it seems like next week we might be doing our episode on comedy. And along with that episode, we have episodes upcoming on art, the art scene in San Antonio, uh, music, music that is local, and really getting to speak with the people in these scenes, comedy. Oh my God, my, so Martha called while I was finishing that up and teasing. Martha's his mom. Yes, <laughs> we all call her Martha. I mean, that's her name. Well, right, but it's more of like the inflection whenever anyone says it, like- Oh, Martha. Oh, Martha. I'm gonna be living with Martha next January. God. Changing it up, man, living yes. in different places. And maybe you can help them with their complacency. Ooh, I'd love to. So. We got a lot coming up for the rest of the year, and this is just the start of the big things that we're doing. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Wild Bunch. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to Joe. Thank you, Greg. And see you next time. Or, you know, um, you'll listen to us next time. (laughs) And keep up with those questions. Y'all have been sending great, great questions, great topic ideas. Keep them coming. Remember, this podcast is your podcast. We want to talk about the things that you want to hear. Till next time, we're the Wild Bunch.